Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mikey intern Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Wednesday morning. He's thawed out and he's ready to go. So a little bit of a shakeup in the AFC West yesterday. The Denver Broncos have a new coach. Sean Payton is back coaching. Uh... As a Chiefs fan, um, I, I think it's kind of funny. Um, it better pay off because they are giving a whole hell of a lot for this guy. Well, keep in mind now that the Walmart Corporation is not under that name particularly, but it is the family that owns the Denver Broncos, and they don't do anything that is going to be second class. And yes, they did hire Sean Payton. But interestingly enough, the rumors are that he was not their first choice. Now, those are all rumors. It's all the media speculation and all that sort of thing. Peyton's pretty good choice, folks. He's only coached one team in the NFL, and that was the New Orleans Saints, and coached them to 159 victories and had very good teams with New Orleans. He is an interesting guy. I have a personal story here. When Art Haynes and I were calling the Bears games, which we did for 20 years, Bears played him. Played him at Eastern Illinois when he was their quarterback. And that was back in the mid-1980s. Wow. And and he whipped our behinds pretty good. <laughs> anyway, Sean Payton. Now, this the signing here is interesting because it is not a free agent. It, it, it's a trade. It has to be a trade because Payton is still under contract to the Saints. So what the Broncos are going to do in this case is send one a number one draft choice, which will be in this April draft coming up the, uh, this year, and then some draft choices, I think a fourth or something like that, later on next year and then in 2024 and so forth and so on. But it will be a trade. During the course of the regular season with the Saints, Peyton had 152 victories. The 100, uh, 159 comes from the fact that the postseason was involved. Only 89 losses. He was 9-8 and eight in postseason and a former National Football League Coach of the Year. I think he'll do a very good job with them. Can he revitalize that team in one year? They were dreadful this year, 5-12. and 12. Well, we'll see what happens. But Sean Payton, new coach, Denver Broncos. Their first choice is probably going to have a hell of a job waiting for him in uh, Houston if he was the first choice. But that's a huge pickup, the coordinator from uh, San Francisco, and right? D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. And, and D'Amico Ryans in his playing days. Hell, I remember him at Alabama. He's a great All-America for some not great Alabama teams back in the early 2000s. But Ryans can and certainly has a, a, a defensive acumen of the game. He's taking over as the new coach of the Houston Texans. That's the team that got him to begin with in 2006. Uh, Ryans was their second round number one pick the, in the second round, the 33rd player chosen overall. And Ryans can play the game. He's been the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers for the last couple of years, been on their staff for the last six years. But Ryan's defensive team this year was number one in the NFL. Now, tell the Philadelphia Eagles that and tell the Kansas City Chiefs that. Both teams were able to light up San Francisco pretty well. But those are anomalies. For the most part, he was he was very much in vogue with what happened. And he will be with Houston, too. I, I suspect D'Amico Ryan's will help turn that team around. Won't be right away because it's the horses on the field who carry you. But his coaching concept is pretty good, and I think he'll do a good job with it. Uh, yeah, they definitely have some rebuilding to do there. But also back to Denver, I mean, um, 
giving up a whole hell of a lot for a coach on a team that really needs uh, an offensive line to protect their quarterback, uh, running backs to run the ball, and some wideouts uh, too, because they really are lacking in all of those departments. So we'll have to see. Season's not over yet. We got to take care of business in Arizona. All right, uh, Springfield Cardinals have called a press conference for later today. What do you think that's about? Well, I don't know. I'm presuming it has something to do with the financing of the stadium. That's been the point of concern for the last, really, for the last year. Major League Baseball has set down a level of protocol and rules that they want their minor league teams to follow, inclusive of new lights and new locker rooms and so forth and so on. And that's very expensive. Well, the Springfield Cardinals, as everyone knows, are owned by the St. Louis Cardinals. But how much they get involved in something like that remains to be seen because the uh, St. Louis Cardinals do not own the stadium. That's owned by part of the lease, uh, how can I word this now, part of the will and lease that John Q. Hammonds had, and it went to some kind of a holding company in New York City that could not give a blast about baseball. Anyway, you saw the parking lot fees... Uh, risen, and you saw various and sundry other items at Hammonds Field changed and so forth. Anyway, this press conference today is at 3 o'clock. I am presuming it has something to do with the financing of the stadium, and I am also presuming, I don't have any inside word on this at all, but I'm presuming it also is, has to be good news because Dan Ryder, who runs the Springfield Cardinals, has invited Cardinals fans to be there for this press conference. So it's going to be good news, not bad news. Uh, we, we wouldn't want to now bring wait, all your wait, friends. Before you say that now, I have seen circumstances where it hasn't been, but it's pretty rare. Yeah, hopefully that's uh, more of a good thing than a bad thing. Well, Ned, you're going to have to report back and let me know what happens. Okay, State Wildcats went to Lawrence. A little rematch with the Jayhawks, and you could tell in that first half that, uh, oh, dear Lord, the Jayhawks were pissed. That, I have to say, is one of the most classic levels of basketball by both teams. The end of that first half, final, the final 10 minutes of the first half, my goodness sake, I have not seen that level of top-notch basketball in college in a long time. It was time. like tournament time, man. It, it really, really was. Like it. Kansas couldn't miss. Kansas State did miss, but not very many. Kansas State's a very good basketball team, folks. Bottom line is this. Kansas wins the game 90-78, to and it's the end of the first half is where they put it together because from that point on, it was even basketball. KU is very good. Coming off a win over Kentucky, And here is Kansas State coming in with a win over Florida. This is part of that Big 12 SEC shootout that they had. But the fact is that both teams played very well. Kansas State, (laughs) I I love their coach Tang, who got a technical on purpose in the first half. Two of those officials I know who were there, John Higgins and Kip Kissinger. I didn't know the third one. But, oh, my, did he ever go off on them. Well, it was done on purpose. He wanted to fire up his team, and they did get it fired worked. up. It did. They, Kansas State's a good ball. Oh, yeah, they are. They've got some very good athletes. The one that really kind of gnaws at me a little bit as a local reporter here, Kansas has a kid on their team named Dewan Harris. Dewan Harris had, I think, 18 points last night, and he is a tremendous ball handler. He was a Bears recruit, along with Isaiah Mosley, and uh, Jamonte Black, all three from Columbia Rock Ridge. Two of them came here, and the third could not get in school. But he got into KU, and he's playing for KU, and he is a fine player. Not and not suggesting anything at all, but the fact of the matter remains. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time they skirt around uh, certain things, but it doesn't matter. 
He went to KU, and it is what it is. He's a star player. Hell yeah, he is. All right, speaking of Big 12, it's not the Big 12 anymore. It's Big 14. How is that going to work with scheduling? That's a very good point that you bring up, too, because there will be four new teams added to the Big 12 this coming season. And two of the two of the teams who are rumored to be leaving, not rumored, they will be leaving, Oklahoma and Texas going to the Southeastern Conference. The soon As soon as that can happen, which might be 2024, but more than likely 2025, depends on what happens, they have to be included in the schedule. Well, that's 14 teams. Well, you play 12 during the course of the season, and some of them are non-conference teams under contract. So what happens? Well, not everybody is going to play everybody else in the big... 12 this year. All the teams won't play. Now, the four new teams coming in, which of course includes Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, and Brigham Young, they are all incorporated into the schedule. Uh, For instance, now, the very first team to play of those newcomers will be Houston, and they're playing Texas Christian in Houston, and that will be on, I think, September 16th or somewhere around there. That'll be a good game. Oklahoma and Texas, of course, leave the league, but then there are other games. OU plays two of the newcomers. They play Brigham Young and Cincinnati, and they play both of them on the road. (laughs) How about this for a little bit? How about it? Just a classic piece of scheduling. Uh, Let me backtrack on that. It's not Cincinnati. It's Central Florida who they're playing. But the fact of the matter remains that it's going to be a very interesting set of scheduling coming up here. It'll change again in 2024 if OU and Texas leave. But this is all part of the puzzle they're trying to figure out, and it is rather interesting. It's going to be some interesting uh, matchups, too, that we haven't seen before. And I think that'll be a very exciting thing, especially for college football fans like myself. And if you are a fan of golf, well, enjoy your nap this weekend because we got another tournament happening, don't Indeed. we? This is the old Crosby Clambake. It's called the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It's a very big deal. This is the tournament out there on the Monterey Peninsula in which many of the uh, just stars from Hollywood and, and in the news, pro football players, pro baseball, some pro baseball players, go out there and compete along with the uh, players on the PGA Tour. It is part of the PGA Tour, of course. It's a $9 million prize uh, level of prize money that they're playing for, but it's a big deal. They play on three courses to begin with, and that'll be on Thursday when they start. The three courses, of course, are Pebble Beach, uh, Spyglass Hill, and Monterey Peninsula, and that'll happen for the first three days. That's because of the numbers of pro-am, amateur individuals who are in there, and then on the final day of competition, which will be Sunday, they all compete at Pebble Beach. It's it's a big deal. Big crowds on hand. Bing Crosby used to run the thing, and it was a really, really huge deal. Still is on the PGA Tour, and that's coming up this week. Exciting stuff, because you know you're going to be in that rocking chair and snoozing away <laughs> Saturday afternoon. Ned, you have a great day. No snoozing today. I'll see you tomorrow.